Hi everyone, Lauren here with a new podcast episode. So today we are going to be doing an an author interview and happens to be my very first one with Kim Applegreen. I don't know if I pronounced that right. She'll probably let me know later on, but she's okay with being called Kim Apple for for uh, apparently um, from our uh, discussion. But she is the author of The Silent Witness, which is a story about uh, mythology and lore that will be coming out soon. Um, She is getting published with Author House. We're going to be talking a little bit with her about the publishing process to give you guys kind of a, um, you know, an insight on how that all works. Um, there, There was some disruption with this interview. It's very brief. Um, I tried to edit out as much as I could, but bear with me. It's not anything that lasts for a long time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. This is Lauren here with a new podcast episode. So today is our first ever uh, author interview. And today we'll be offering, um, we'll be uh, interviewing Kim. Go ahead and say hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. So Kim is the author of The Silent Witness. So tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired you for it. Uh, Well, The Silent Witness is actually based on a lot of things that happened in my life. And I just decided to pull them together and make it sort of like a, it's not a motivational book, but because I live ancient Greece and gods and mythology and it's stuff like that. I thought of creating my own kind of uh, gods and how they created mankind. And then sort of the second half of the book is about mankind and their rise of power and those kind of things. So it's really, uh, it's, it's a very vast amount of lore um, fantasy. It's from what, from what it was from the beginning, it's now heading into such a big, vast amount that I thought maybe it should be cut in two, but I'm sticking to it being one book. Oh, okay. Well, I I like mythology. I think a lot of people out there do. What's your um, favorite god or goddess from the Greek mythology that you were talking about? My favorite god in Greek mythology is Poseidon because he's just so badass. And my favorite goddess is has always been Athena, the goddess of war. Uh, and sorry, yes, goddess of war and wisdom. And her temple in Athens, which is the Parthenon. And because I studied architecture, um, I'm very fascinated with ancient architecture. So when I saw Athens, it must have been beautiful in its heyday. And when I saw a, a, a picture of, of Athena and what she was about, there was just something about her. Like, you know, a real female character who's dependent, who doesn't need anyone to tell her what to do. She is her own boss. Oh, yeah. Athena is one of my favorites, too. I actually like okay. Artemis as well. Uh, yeah, same. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> Artemis is my second favorite. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think she's like the your mythical version of the start to feminism, I think. Yeah. So you must like the, um, (laughs) since you like both Poseidon and Athena, you must like the tale between their uh, rivalry for Athens, huh? Yes. um, Who who had to become the patron god. Um, Yes. Poseidon, I think he brought forth a stream of water, but it was salt water. So the people couldn't really drink from it. And Athena, being wise, she gave them what they needed, which was the olive tree. And that is the mythical version as to why Greece is so famous for having the best olives in the world. Well, I like olives, so. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, yes. So how do you keep yourself motivated uh, when you're writing? You know, in today's life, it is very hard to keep motivated, Um, You know, so many things can put you off and just throw in a towel. But at the end of the day, you just have to keep the goal in mind. You know, the end result is there. And just strive to go ahead and do it, no matter what. Just take out the negativity. Just think of positive things in your life. Think of the end goal. And that's just how it keeps me going. Simple as that. Well, 
yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, did you ever feel like discouraged while you were writing the silent witness? Like, Oh no, maybe I'm not going to finish this. <laughs> Hundreds of times. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know when it comes to the silent witness. And I think maybe it's because it was my first project. I'm, I'm very proud of it in, in a personal level. Um, it's come a far way. And I just think because it's been, uh, I've researched it for eight years, I'm, I'm not going to throw away eight years of my life. Wow. Eight years. That's a long time. <laughs> well, the things that are mentioned, you know, like the, because I was quite surprised with the reviews of how people would say, oh, you know, the way you describe things, how you describe the way the gods dress how battle scenes took place, whether it was by land or at sea. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that was eight years of researching actual ancient battles like Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's a lot of research. Yeah, when I was reading your book, um, when it was first starting to come out and you were coming out with it on Inkit, mm -hmm. um, I remember specifically that your descriptions were very um, detail oriented. It was almost like I could picture myself exactly in the book. And I really like mythology and lore from all different kinds of pantheons. Yeah. So, uh, reading it was really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't, there's, there are some books that you read and their descriptions are very bogged down. It's like, come on, get to the story already. Yeah. But yours were actually, very interesting to read it kept me wanting to read more which is what description description and details should do yes. no one wants to feel tired while they're reading a book because they're like I just read three pages of the same thing over and over again and, and that's what I'm trying to <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to stay away from you know and and also um I remember one there was one review that you put that you said that each chapter was like a standoff or standalone story um mm -hmm. And that is actually what I'm trying to do is that each chapter would have a different person. But, yes, they do appear after every few chapters or so because at the end of the book, everyone on Barathorn, you know, the, the, the land I came up with, like Middle Earth, basically, mm -hmm. um, everyone finally comes together in the end with the final smackdown. And that's all I can say. <laughs> That's actually really, uh, really cool. Um, it kind of reminds me of this movie that came out years ago. It had Tom Hanks in it and it was about Ooh. reincarnations. Okay. And, um, and basically it followed the same people. Like it was the same people. They looked a little different, but it was through different ages of earth from the past, the present and the future. Uh -huh. And they showed all their different reincarnations and um, how their stories unfolded and then at the very end, you get to see how it all came together. I think yes. it was called like cloud. I think it was called Cloud Atlas or something it like that. Sounds wow. familiar. Sounds familiar. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually went and saw it with my mother, and there was nobody in the theater. It it was it wasn't very. I guess uh, people weren't as interested to watch it because you had to pay attention. If you didn't pay attention, then you would miss something. Yes. And yes. me and my mother watched it and it was such an impactful movie. We just kept thinking about it and to the point where we've watched it a few <laughs> more times because, and then we noticed that we missed things. And I, I know. feel like, um, yeah. And your book kind of reminds me of that, which is, which is cool because I want to read something that's going to leave a lasting impression and it's going to make you think. Yes, about, yes. you know, the scenes and what's going on and, and how this worked and, and everything. So, yes, I did a good job with that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I, and I also didn't want the people to be bored with the same character chapter after chapter. So that's why they were. Look, in the beginning, obviously, it was only just the gods because they haven't created man yet. So, but eventually man comes in and their characters and personalities actually then start taking over the book where the gods are like step back because now the mortals are full blown. Yes. Yes. I remember reading in your story. Um, I think the, the part that I liked the most was when um, the, the dogs, 
<laughs> the creation of, of dogs came yeah. around from the, yes. from the wolf. I thought that was really interesting. Thank you. Um, that's pretty much what they what they taught us in school. Um, okay, probably yep. what happened. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I just thought um, of making my own little legend there of how men, of how dogs became man's best friend. You know. Mm-hmm. was uh was that one of your favorite parts too or did you have a specific part that you like the most since you've, you've written a lot more than what I've I've been able to read funny, so far <laughs> well funny enough I've actually got two favorites and the one was actually the dog story so but the other one was when the um the other goddess uh disguised herself to go and save that little boy out of the forest who found his who got lost in the forest and these bandits came out and they were going to do unspeakable things to her until she shows her actual form and the way she dealt with them. Um, it was like a sort of karma, you know, like payback time for what these people do to other women. Yeah. Was that when they, was she turned them into trees Into or a tree. And when the woodcutter yeah. wanted to go and cut down the tree, it spurred her blood and he ran away going, like he's never going to cut down trees again and if that was yeah that was two chapters before the one where um the wolf becomes man's best friend yeah that one that one was a really um I was like when I was reading I was like yes get them <laughs> I was like so yeah. many people said that like yeah serves and rights serves and rights serves and rights <laughs> exactly um so I know that you are currently in the process of getting the silent witness um, published. So where, yes. where are you with that process now? Well, I, at the moment I've got six chapters left. Um, I did, they said I can submit it at the end of, of March. And I think I shot myself in the foot by saying that because as I'm typing new ideas to start popping in and I'm like, stop it, Kim, just end this book and get it in. But um, the agent phoned me today um, and she said, you know, even if you want to, at the end of April, you can do it. But I've got six chapters left. Um, then I need to the tedious task of re-editing to make sure it's all okay. Um, so only once the book is submitted fully, then we'll go to phase two. Okay. Are they going to do um, editing for you? Or any type of editing? No. Um, it was an option, but it wasn't part of my budget. So that's why I'm doing it myself. Well, that, that makes sense. But you, but I remember reading your book, and your book is uh, uh, very good uh, grammatically, at least from what I remember. Thank you. Um, I've, read some, <laughs> I've read some other books on Inkit that need a little more work. <laughs> yes, I've, I've come a few of those, least. yeah. Yeah, when you get that review, would you do a review swap? And I mean, I love review swaps. And I'm looking at mm -hmm. it and I'm thinking, um, did you use spell check or did you disable that? Or, you know, and I don't like to give negative reviews, but I also don't want to give them false hope. And if I do give them feedback, I would give them feedback with, um, you know, with something to help them with exactly exactly um you should give them constructive criticism absolutely um i mean there's no reason to uh tell somebody that their book is great when they it needs a lot of work mm. um that's why i actually have when i do my podcast reviews for books i have on the form a disclaimer saying that you know that there's no retaliation that can occur against me if i give you a review that's not to your liking yes yes um, because there have been some other podcasters on Inkit um, that have had retaliation because of reviews. And a lot of the reviews weren't even bad. So, wow. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Um, the, what, I, what I told them is, and what I tell everybody, is that a publisher or a literary agent is going to be a lot more mean than me, a lot meaner than I am. <laughs> and and so. they will, hey? I mean, I had a beta reviewer that just, wow, if she could suck the life out of me to stop writing, she did it. Eh? <laughs> and that was just as the first chapter. And I was like, well, let me take my gods and just throw them out the window then if that's what she thinks of them. So, But I thought, you know what, one person out of all the other reviews, would mm -hmm. I wouldn't allow that. So I just 
in with a positive, out with a negative. Exactly. And everybody needs to know that this kind of uh, material, like whenever you give a book review or anything like that, it's all subjective. It's based on the preference of the person who is reviewing your book. And that's why um, uh, they really emphasize that when you look for literary agents and publishers, that you pick the one that are in your genre that are specifically looking for your type of book. Um, Because if you're going to, you know, query a a publisher who only likes uh, contemporary romance and you have a dark fantasy Mm-mm. then yeah. they're obviously going to reject your book it's, and probably not have nice things to say absolutely i mean i approached <laughs> 19 publishers here in south africa and they all turned me down because apparently south africans are not into fantasy but everywhere where i look everyone's a harry potter fan a percy jackson fan a lord of the rings fan so i'm like uh ready So when I approached Author House, they were like, yeah, we'll do it for you. No problem. Well, that's awesome. Um, Tell us a little bit about Author House. I was doing uh, some research on Google, um, looking for, you know, top publishers. And Author House is actually on one of the the top ratings. And I just, you know, that name just stuck out. And I thought, ah, let me send an email. You know, what can come of it? Whoa, they just came back and they said, we love what we read so far. Um, Could you submit it within three months? Uh, We'd love to do it for you. Um, We'll deal with the marketing, you know, the ISBN number, all those things they'll take care of. So I was like, okay, sure. And that's how it went. So are they like, uh, what kind of style of publishing do they do? And I'm just asking questions because I'm curious. I'm going to actually look into them myself and maybe some of the, you know, the people listening might want to. Are they like a, um, uh, I I take it they're not a traditional publisher, but are they like a hybrid? Um, Do do you get to make your money back when you pay them to help you? Like, how does that work? Yeah, you do. You get full ownership of rights on your book and Mm -hmm. they do all genres except short stories. Uh, which I was a little bit ticked off about because I really would have liked to publish The Resonance of War. But they do any genres. They welcome it all. They've published so far 100,000 books. Um, I can't remember in how many years they did it. But um, it's a very open platform and literally everyone is welcome. Well, that's awesome because it is it's getting really hard especially to do traditional publishers yes. they none of them want any unsolicited query letters yeah. so you have to go through literary agents and then it has to be a literary agent that can actually get your um your book to you know those traditional publishers yes. and not everyone can do that um a lot of times um people go with uh kind of like small to mid-sized publishing companies mm. or they go with hybrids now mm. hybrids are becoming pretty popular it sounds like author house is probably a hybrid which is basically it's not like a vanity publisher but it's not a traditional publisher as well that's correct basically yeah. um you get yeah you get you put a little bit of money in and then you with with your royalties they pay you back yes. and they don't make anything off your book until yeah. you get paid back um, Right? That's that- correct, yes. And they are going yeah. to be publishing it as a paperback and an ebook. And I did have an option for hardcover, but I said to them, look, a lot of people don't really like hardcovers. If I had to do a second edition, then yes, maybe I will do a hardcover. But in the meantime, paperback and ebook works fine for me. Yeah, I used to buy a lot of hardcovers back in the day, like the early 2000s. Me too, yeah. But not anymore. They're just, they're just so expensive exactly. now. It's like $25 for a hardcover book, and it's just not worth it to me when I can get it in paperback for 10 Well, do you want to know how bad the South African currency is? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, $200 for you guys is – because our currency is called – Just a second. Hmm? Hang on, just, okay. There was a little bit of, um, I think, uh, some disruption in the uh, feed. So, but now we're good now. So you can go. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the currency yeah. in South Africa is called the Rand. So $200 is equals to 
4,100 rand. So when Author House said, would you like um, an editor to edit your book for $200? I'm like thinking 4,000 rand, uh-uh, I'll edit it myself. <laughs> it's just terrible, the economy here in South Africa. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of how we think of uh, the pound and stuff yes, in England. Yes, exactly. Because, I mean, our dollar does not equal the pound. And uh, it's, I think a pound is like a dollar fifty or dollar sixty. It might even be more now um, for us. And it's um, fit- although our dollar does get us pretty far. Well, at the, least the pound, for now. the pound is I think twenty five rand to us. So you guys are still good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I I don't know too much about the currency exchange, yeah. but yeah, that sounds. I mean, to me. That sounds like a lot of money coming from from oh, me. Yes. So. <laughs> um, so uh, with the Silent Witness, I know you said you want this to be a standalone book. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. So so the people who are um, interested in reading your book, they're gonna get full closure at the very end i am not george martin okay when it comes to game of thrones there is no cliffhangers it has to end where there can be no sequel (laughs) i don't like cliffhangers because george martin did that to me i followed game of thrones religiously all these years and he still owes me two books because he still hasn't finished the books and i'm really ticked off about it you know, I kind of wonder if he was just waiting to see what the writers did with the end of the series, the TV series, and then he was going to be like either yay or nay with that. And, and since it didn't do too well, I guess he's he's probably like, no. Yeah, but killing my favorite character right at the end when she finally sees the Iron Throne, that just, I was like, it felt like a personal insult. How dare you kill her? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, every, every once in, that's why I'm pausing just because um, there's like a ticking. I don't know if it's my new microphone or whatever, but sorry, um, listeners. So um, let's see here. Um, what, what are your plans for any future books? Not particularly pertaining to the silent witness, but any of your other stories. I have other stories on the platform, but are currently on hold at the moment so that I can just reach the deadline with the silent witness. Um, I'd love to, tackle the trilogy book that I call The Time Travels of Tristan and Troy. Um, these are two teenagers in high school and they choose history as a subject and the history teacher is a very mysterious figure. And time, the, well, history is happening in a parallel universe and she gets notified by another mysterious figure And she sends these two kids back in time to fix certain events or else the future will be altered. So when I had that in mind, I thought, if I send them back to times like Pompeii or the Titanic, you know, those are fixed events. Those were fixed historical events that shouldn't be tampered with. As tragic as what they were, um, it unfortunately had to happen. So I was thinking rather about, Um, legends like King Arthur, Robin Hood, Beowulf, uh, The Lost City of Atlantis, because those are legends you can play around with since it has never really been um, factual that those people and places ever took place, especially Beowulf. There was obviously no dragon, but maybe the figure of maybe (laughs) the figure of Beowulf was really just a famous Viking lord at that time. I don't know. And then I've got another book uh, called The Shadow's Price, What Will He Pay? It's the first time I'm ever going to write a paranormal book. And for me to write something that's horror, big time. I am so scared of horror movies. I mean, the first time I saw, when I saw (laughs) It in 1990, the Tim Curry version, I noped out of that house so quick and up till now, and I'm turning, I'm turning forty <laughs> this year, but I'm still petrified of clowns. So when they said, "Hey, did you see the new version of it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going to look at it. 
you know, enjoy. But I thought you'd. <laughs> you know, they're actually they're actually thinking of making a third movie. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, you won't be seeing me anywhere near it. And I think just for punishment, because back then, I mean, I was eight years old when I first saw it. And back then, parental guidance was still taken seriously. So when my mother found out I did see it, wow, the hiding I got. And then, yeah, and then, you know, just it's Murphy's Law. It just happened that she had tickets for the Boswell Wilkie Circus that came to our town that same week. And we had front row seats. And guess what came out and came and gave me a balloon? A clown. I oh. burst into tears and I was like, oh, no, a traumatic. But with the um, with this paranormal book, it's the Shadow's Price. And there's this entity in a mirror and it takes place in modern times, but it's auctioned off and a classical, because I'm a classical pianist myself, um, I decided to write a bit about classical music. This guy buys this mirror that apparently belonged to Beethoven. And I don't want to say too much about it, but but Beethoven <laughs> also um, got that mirror that it belonged to Bach as well. And in order to become the musician or the composers that they're famous for as today, as it says, the shadow's price, what will you pay? What price did Bach pay to become famous? What price did Beethoven pay to become famous? And we know Beethoven became deaf. And so I'm just like changing mm-hmm. the law a bit, you know. So, so it's actually my first book that's going to be written with um, a point of view. And there's going to be three point of views. The, the uh, classical pianist of today then Beethoven's point of view and Bach's point of view and how they had to deal with this entity in the mirror. Well, that's really interesting. I actually love horror. I love being scared. <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm a big horror movie buff. I, I would say the most the scariest book that I ever read actually wasn't Stephen King. Sorry, Stephen. But it was um, <laughs> it was actually um, a telling of the life of Ed and Lorraine Warren. It was called the I think it was called like a, the Demonologist oh, wow. or something. And I could not read this book <laughs> at night. It gave me such heebie-jeebies <laughs> that I I just couldn't uh-huh. do it at night. And I, the book was so interesting. I did end up reading it in two days and it wasn't even very, like, it wasn't very explicit about a a lot of the, you know, I'm pretty sure there was a lot more information that was not given in the book. It was about like 250 pages, 300 pages, something like that. So it wasn't like a, a very long read, but it was just so interesting. And of course they talked about like the Amityville horror, um, some of their other more well-known cases, um, of course, you know, the yeah, conjuring uh, and stuff. Yes, which I stay away but, from. Uh, I just saw a picture of Annabelle <laughs> and I noped again right out of that, that house. What advice would you give any aspiring authors out there? Well, you know, it's, it's always one thing to say, live your dreams or never quit. But at the end of the day, hard work is what gets you where you want to be. Um, life isn't fair. It's it's just a sad truth. Um, life doesn't give you anything. You have to work for it. And what I went through personally, um, which um, taught me a lot, was to never compare yourself to other authors. Because when I was doing review swaps on Inkit, I was reading some stories and I thought, whoa, this thing will knock the silent witness off the shelf big time. You know, then you start feeling, you know, not good enough. Um, you think maybe I should just stop where I am and find another hobby. So, yeah, don't compare yourself. Just be yourself. That's it. I definitely agree with that because I think I was talking to a uh, mystic <laughs> oh yes yeah mystic also does the um book reviews and podcast but um 
I was talking to Mystic and I, and I, I remember saying something along the lines of, dang, you know, I read these books and of course, you know, they're werewolf books because <laughs> they're hot right now. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel like I can write a little, you know, some of them aren't very grammatically, you know, sound and have kind of their plots are very scattered and mm-hmm. they have like hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. And I'm yeah. like, and it just, it, it was kind of, it's kind of a little discouraging seeing that. Especially when you try so hard and you're editing and editing and doing more editing and you just, you know, I I know what you mean. I mean, like when I was uploading and editing and then you go into Inkit and you just never see your book on the now trending or this and that. And I'm like, come on, man, the person only wrote two chapters and, and only has three reviews and like, you wonder what the hell <laughs> I don't yeah know. I've, I've seen that too on ink it and you know I'm like I've like I've I've done 50 review swaps trying to get you know people to review my book and then somebody yes. is up there with yeah with like three reviews and you're like how how why? on earth why yeah you know is there a secret um is there like a I don't know some sort of a club you need to join <laughs> because if I there is like I don't know <laughs> I wish I knew Inkit's <laughs> algorithm, you know, I wish that I could, like, there was a way that I could submit my book for them just to, just to read the first chapter. Exactly. Just to be like, hey, look, just, just look at it, you know? Yeah. Yes. Look, I'll even show you the front cover. Just freaking review it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. That's why, that's why I decided to just start doing, you know, first chapter reviews of my podcast and, okay. and stuff like that. I've actually, I, I only do one written review a week now because I just can't keep up with them and do my own books as well. Mm-hmm. So I usually do one written review on the weekend and then I do one written or one podcast review um, a week. Cause that's, okay. that's about all I, that's all I got in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now. And, yeah. And I know because, um, you know, with me having this deadline for the end of March, um, a lot of people have been sending me, hey, would you please, you're in on the topic, they can't say no. So yeah, yeah, add it to my reading list, add it to my reading list. And then I check my reading list and it's like, oh boy, what have I done? And, you know, I said I'd do it, I would do it. But they had to understand I have, but some of them were like, no, we want it now, I want it done now. And, you know, you just get some of those users that just don't see what, you need to get through to get to their books you know what I mean yeah I think it's because um the the ones who are looking for reviews uh, review swaps have their books in the um in those contests you know so they're mm. trying to get them in as quickly as possible which that's one of the like I love Inkit I I like the community so far I mean mm. there are some things that I dislike um particularly the um the way that the uh, contests are set up and it's because it's more of a popularity contest than it is about the actual writing of the books yes yes so it's really hard to get seen or win those contests if you don't have a huge following already mm, um mm. so and and that's the same thing kind of in the publishing world is that a lot of publishers and stuff want uh books by authors who have a big social media following so they don't have to put in any work to market or help market yes. the book. The author that, is doing it all. So that's true. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a J.K. Rowling or a George Martin or a Tolkien, you know, if you you know you've got a unknown name there, you know, you you get skipped. They don't take you yes. seriously. Exactly. A lot of the traditional publishers um, are having to rethink the way that they publish because you know um, they don't take they they don't really take people who are unknown anymore okay they have like their go-to authors that have been around for 30 40 years and they know that if they release a book from them that it's it's good like it's gold it's going to make them a lot of money and that's kind of where they're coming up short because they don't have those uh, an influx of new authors coming in i mean these authors are getting old you know like i mean they're they're eventually gonna be like yeah i'm retired like yeah exactly yes 
Yes. And I so, mean, and and some people on, on Inkit, um, some of their books are like, damn, they should be making movies out of these. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some very, very good stories out there. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that, I mean, they're not making any money off of, you know, the stuff that they're writing, like it is there for free, um, mm-hmm. you know, and Inkit does give people a glimmer of hope with, mm-hmm. you know, possibly being published under them. But That's I right. mean, who wants to wait that long for their algorithm to catch up to these really good stories? And how many users are on Inkit? So it's like one in a, what, 6,000, I think it is. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember the last count, but yeah, it's it's really tough. Being maybe I should change my my name and get a, a pen name. Maybe my surname is throwing everyone off <laughs> because <laughs> no one can announce it. I'm like, okay, because it's Apple Green. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. told a Pelgrin, Apple Green. Well, you know what? As long as there's an apple in it, it's fine. I've all my life <laughs> people have been saying my surname wrong. You know what? Just call me Apple. That's what it actually Apple. means. So you know what? Go for it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not phased. I don't. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like that's why um, we're all trying. I mean, before I started Inkit, I only had a Facebook page, and that was it. And I had an author Facebook page, but I didn't do anything with it. You know, mm-hmm. like it was it was there because I tried to be an author like for like <laughs> six years ago when I did I went and did the um, self-publishing uh, route. Not good. Like I'm just going to throw this out here right now. If you're listening, it's probably not the best to um, do, you know, self-publishing through Amazon or anything because it's just going to fall to the wayside in the sea of other self-published books. And in fact, a lot of people don't really want to read self-published books because that means that it hasn't been edited. It's not probably not properly formatted. There's probably a lot of errors and nobody wants to read through that. I mean, there's, it's not saying that there aren't any successful self-published authors. It's just that um, I know for a fact that brick and mortar places like Barnes and Nobles and stuff, they won't even, they won't even carry books that are self-published. Like okay. you, you, they won't even put your bookshelf on a book. If it's self-published, you have to have some kind of publishing house behind you, whether it's a hybrid or, you know, a small or medium sized or whatever, mm. you, you've got to have a, a publisher like on your book. Funny, um, funny. You mentioned um, Amazon. Um, there's been a lot of um, talk about them and saying, be careful or I, I don't know the nitty gritty about it. But they said, no, roll the look for somebody else. I'm like, well, okay, you know better. So let me try someone else. And that's when I looked at Author House. So not sure what the story is there, but um, yeah, so. That's- well, because because Amazon is so easy to self-publish, it's literally just a click and you go live. Um, I've noticed, and I've been in some of my groups on Facebook and stuff with um, Wattpad and Inkit, and there have been a lot of instances where people are stealing people's books off of Inkit and Wattpad oh and goodness. putting them on Amazon as their own, um, which is which is the problem. I mean, you can go to Amazon. You can tell them like, hey, this is my book or stuff. You have to prove it, obviously. Mm. Yes. And, and it shouldn't be too hard to prove if you've had your book up for so many years on Inkit or whatever. Mm. But still, like, you know that's that's kind of a tough situation to be in that's why I was kind of scared with my stuff up there right now um and I cut because you know I'm trying to get brimstone published and so I cut back to only five chapters on Inkit because I didn't want somebody to post you know my fully edited book up on Amazon and make money off of me off of my work so and, in fact, I even go to Amazon at some points and just look just to make sure there's nothing floating around that mm. has like my book covers or anything on it. Sure. I better do that as well, because if I'm sitting with 50 chapters with the silent witness, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I maybe I but, should look at that. But the thing I like with Inkit is that, you know, you can't copy and paste things. That's so, good. Like, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Because I, I've gone into my own stuff, and unless I actually go into my account and go under my managed stories on Inkit, True. I can't copy and paste uh, if I'm viewing it like just a normal person. So somebody would really have to painstakingly write out over 100,000 yeah. words of my book <laughs> going back and forth. Yes. So, 
but I mean, I guess some people have a lot of time on their hands. Yes, they call they called hackers, <laughs> people yeah. who want to make quick buck. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, since joining Inkit, uh, is there anything that you like particularly like or dislike about the platform itself? The only thing I I dislike about the platform is um, I, I don't know if it's maybe a glitch, a technical issue, but when you when you writing something on your wall and you want to try and and uh, tag your friends it's very difficult because sometimes it doesn't pick up the name um and also like one of my friends would say hey you were you were tagged on somebody else's wall but i wasn't they just said my name they didn't say at kim oppelgrain or whatever they just said kim so obviously you will miss that notification so that's the only thing that i find like glitchy with it but other than that what I really love about it is that the people are very interactive um, because they're there for the same goal to get the story out there um, to be taken seriously and also in the past couple of months I've met such amazing people and we are now like (laughs) BFFs and you're one of them I mean you were one of the first (laughs) who who reviewed the silent witness so (laughs) yeah you're one of them yeah, just letting everybody know I'm not biased. <laughs> I actually do like the book. <laughs> Thank you. Like it's, it's one of the few books that I actually do like. Um, uh, you know, like I don't give out very many five-star reviews or anything like that. And um, I mean, I don't remember what review, <laughs> what star I gave you, but uh, I, I do remember. I mean, it stuck with me. Like I read your book. When, one of the first books that I read when I first joined Inca, and I still remember specific scenes from the book. That's how much it stuck with me. Like, like the, the dog, I, I've like read, the dog scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've read so many books since then, and have reviewed them. I have like fifty-five different written reviews on my page, and I couldn't mm. really tell you, you know, what each book was about or any specific scenes or anything from them. So, okay. I mean, your book was among one of the top. Thank you. Uh, books that I've read on, on Inkit. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for giving us a quality book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so many people, um, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm already on chapter 57, but people are still saying, ah, we know about the wolf or we know about the tree spurting blood. I mean, I'm like, that was even before chapter 10, you know, move on. I'm 40 chapters ahead already, <laughs> but those scenes yeah. stuck. So I'm like, okay, no problem. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm actually waiting for your entire book to come out so I can just <laughs> buy it and, and read it. You know, in, I like killing trees. So, Oh, okay. <laughs> I will, I, so I will definitely buy the paperback version of your book for my bookshelf. Hey, that just gave <laughs> me something killing trees. What about making the bandits trees? And then they set the forest alight. <laughs> <laughs> Real karma there, you know? Oh my goodness. But yeah. Um, uh, so are you a member of any of the writing communities on Inkit? No, I am 100% dedicated to Inkit. Um, it's where my journey began and I intend to mm-hmm. stay faithful to the platform. Gotcha. What about some of the writing communities that are like on Inkit, like I think there's like the writing community, the coalition awards, or coalition community. To be honest, some other little things. To be honest, I haven't explored much with them. Um, like I said, um, I'm living, breathing, sleeping, eating the Silent Witness just to finish it. So, but I do want to explore those because they do look very enticing. Yeah, um, those are the only two that I really, I really know about. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's more than that. I haven't found every single user on Inkit. They say they are somewhere around 3 million readers and about a million users or something like that. So, yeah, so I I haven't really looked into everybody. So I'm sure there's more than just those two. Absolutely. Um, But there's, yeah, I I tried doing Wattpad. I did Wattpad and Inkit at the same time because I was trying to see which one 
was better mm-hmm. for me personally. And ink it was a lot better for me. What pad, I just couldn't figure it out. Like I, I couldn't figure out how to get readers. Like there's so much, there's so many books on what pad that I'm like, okay, well my book's just going to get lost. <laughs> exactly. But I, but I also, when I looked into what pad, I kind of saw it as a not very user-friendly to be honest. Whereas in Inkit, you can do a lot with, you know, under managing stories and your analytics and those type of things. So it's, it's a very engaging platform. Yeah. And especially trying to connect to people. I thought Inkit had a better way of connecting to people. Yes. Uh, because when I was on Webpad, um, their forums, I talked in their forums. I tried to. Yes. Um, every time I left a comment or something, it would just get lost. And by the time someone replied to the comment, other like 40 people had already replied to the thread and it just kind of keeps moving down and down and down. So it's not like you can have a conversation with somebody on those threads or on those forums. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, it was really, it was really hard to figure it out. And then if you wanted to promote yourself, you can only do it a certain day each week and you can only do it once. Oh, no. And if you weren't the first person there, to you know put your book on the forum then no one's going to scroll through 70 books trying to look for you know all these books they're going to pick like the first 10 absolutely or seen yeah on the page. it's human nature to do that <laughs> i mean who would scroll through 70 books <laughs> i wouldn't to be honest exactly exactly um so that's why i kind of just shut down my webpad and i'm kind of glad i did because they got bought out recently by um Oh, it was a, it's a Korean company. I can't remember the name, but they got bought out by a Korean company because, you know, Wattpad was originally in Canada. And apparently everybody said that they, Korea has like completely purged like a whole bunch of books because uh, for explicit content or anything that they think is violent, like you, you can't write any of that anymore yet. They still keep the, um, the books like ever, ever after, after whatever Mm. the hell it's called after um the book you know uh, the the one that netflix made into a movie that's correct apparently that book is like riddled with sex scenes and yet they keep that one but they purged all the other ones like from from the little office i know that made game of thrones (laughs) look like winnie the pooh in some scenes you know so yeah (laughs) yeah so that was i guess i guess i got off of what pad um uh at a good time uh what's your favorite genre to read you know, believe it or not, what got me what got me hooked into reading in the first place was Shakespeare. I know I was teased mm. a lot in high school, and my mother always used to talk about Great Expectations. So I thought, well, okay, let me read Great Expectations, and then that opened the door to time periods: um, Jane Austen, Charles Dickens. Uh, I think it's Melville who wrote Moby Dick can't remember uh but when yeah. but when i read the lord of the rings um the hobbit and especially chronicles of narnia and i said that's it fantasy is for me so i've been reading fantasy books ever since um shakespeare i'm done with <laughs> I, can, I can actually <laughs> recite the whole of hamlet oh, i'm so i'm such a boring person but anyway <laughs> but yeah from shakespeare to harry potter don't ask me how it was a long journey. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can relate sort of um, my favorite uh, book is actually the Inferno by Dante Alighieri. Yes. And um, that is, yeah, I love Absolutely. Dante. Like, I would have married that man <laughs> if I was back in the day. I, I love that man for his mind. I know. And um, so he was like one of my favorites. And then I read a whole bunch of, you know, like the normal teen kind of stuff, like Twilight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, and then I got into, and, and now I don't even read, I don't particularly read too much fiction anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of moved on to like mythologies and nonfiction books about history yes. and religions and all kinds of stuff like that. The only time I read fiction books is when I'm on Inkit doing reviews mm-hmm. um, or I'm doing a writer's lift and I'm trying to, you know, help an indie author. So I'll like, I'll like buy one of their books on Kindle, read it. Yeah. And um, hopefully um, I did that recently where I did a writer's lift like that on my Twitter and I chose like a couple of books to read and the books that I chose. Yes. I think I had like a couple of fiction books, but a lot of it was poetry. I really like reading poetry. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I think, I think I like reading it because it's quick, it's easy and it, you know, it's relatable, I guess. Mm. <laughs> 
So, so I'm totally down for reviewing poetry books. Okay. They're so easy to read um, because sometimes I just don't have a lot of time to sit down and read like a 400 page, you know, fantasy novel Absolutely. and get into it, especially when I'm trying to do my own books. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, at the moment, I mean, I'm typing on a, an A4 size, you know, obviously on word and I'm sitting on page mm-hmm. 255. And if they're going to make it as a paperback, it's going to be obviously double that. So <laughs> it's going to be big. Yeah, you're going to have a really long book. <laughs> I, I don't know if it maybe should rather just be split as part one, part two. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's really getting big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said it was like 50-something chapters. Well, I'm sitting on 57. I was aiming for 60 chapters. But it's now, I've already written out the titles for the chapters up to 70. So, Yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And <laughs> might want to watch your word count because sometimes uh, publishing houses uh, charge more if it's over a certain word count. Well, it's sitting on it's so. sitting on 156,000 words and trust me after oh all the editing <laughs> there was a lot of cutting out words because I didn't need to have such long sentences where only a few words could, you know, make better sense than a long sentence or paragraph so there was a lot of yeah you're aiming for like (laughs) it sounds like you're aiming for like tolkien sized books (laughs) and and a lot of reviewers said hey um because i i even created a timeline um Mm -hmm. with the first age of mankind second age of mankind the primordial gods and then the gods that are in the book and the one guy said, oh, you are on par now with Tolkien. And I'm like, hey, if you want to compare me to Tolkien, that's fine with me. He's my hero. <laughs> you know, that's actually a yeah. compliment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you, are you currently reading anything besides obviously your book <laughs> for the editing? I, but- <laughs> I'm currently reading some very lighthearted uh series it's called the magnus chase series not sure if you heard about it it's written by rick riordan he was the he's the author of percy jackson and yeah and magnus chase is not about the greek gods it's about the norse gods he's the son of the the norse god frey and he gets um frey's sword and in norse mythology frey got rid of his sword because Well, he traded his sword for the woman he loved. And when Ragnarok comes, you know, for for the Norse gods, Frey will enter the battle without a sword, and that's how he will die, according to the myths. So, yeah, but it is so humorless. It's so so much humor. I mean, Percy Jackson was wonderful. And then the sequel came out, the, the Heroes of Olympus with the Roman gods. But for some reason, the Magnus Chase, Every line, it's like I'm hosing myself. And then I like look at the time and it's two o'clock and I'm like, oh, cracky. I've got four more hours before I have to get up to go to work. So that's how engrossed I am with it. <laughs> but I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to do um, too. Like I usually, after I'm d- like, I have a set goal each day for how much I want to edit in my mm-hmm. book. And then once I reach that goal, I pretty much start reading other people's books, like on Kindle or whatever, in bed. And I remember, so there's this one book I'm reading right now. It's called Mr. Black. And it's, uh, I think it's, it's not paranormal or anything. It's a romance. I think it's supposed to be a contemporary romance. I don't know exactly what genre is. I just know it's romance. And um, it's by uh, Nancy. I think her name is Nancy Brown. She was one of the people on my Instagram who commented on my writer's lift. So I was like, well, let me see what your book's all about. Apparently it's the first in the series. And I started reading it. Um, I think I'm like, um, I want to say almost halfway done Mm -hmm. with it. And um, it's pretty good so far. It's not in the tense that I I particularly like like reading in. It's in a present tense format. So it's a little it's a little different you know instead of saying like he said or like he said this and walked away it'd be like it'd be like um i say and walk towards the door okay it's kind of yeah so it's a little different um as long as you're you know keeping up with your same tense throughout the entire story and you're not like flip-flopping back and forth 
often I'm okay with it, but it's just, it's just a little strange. I've noticed that a lot of um, authors on Amazon who write romance and they're self-published. I don't know if she's, a, I don't know. She had somebody edit and do her stuff. So I don't think she's like technically like full blown self-published. Like, I think she had like a high, like, you know, people edit it for her or help her mm. or whatever. But, um, but I seen, I, I've noticed that present tense form in romance novels on Amazon are like the way to go or the way people are writing wow. now, okay. which to me is, a it is. strange because I like, I, I, I write in past tense, mm, you know? Mm. So, well, yeah, <laughs> sometimes but, it's also good to just get away from, from everything. Um, because my routine is I like to read before I go to bed. It calms me down. That's my sleeping tablet. If I can say that. And I was writing the other night. And when I, wanted to edit the next day I was reading about the battle that took place um, on a certain area on my map and I kept referring the god of war to the name of the goddess of love <laughs> so I was like oh boy I need to oh. take a break <laughs> the goddess of love is charging into war <laughs> where the hell am I going so yeah you do you ever do you ever read your book like while you're editing it and you get so lost in reading your own book that you're like, Oh crap, I was supposed to be editing yeah, all the time. <laughs> I'm with you there. 100%. Oh, it's annoying. Oh my gosh. I'll read like a whole chapter. And I was like, Oh my God, I just read 4,000 words. I didn't make a single change. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There was something I was supposed to change. Oh my word. <laughs> oh, the beauties of editing. Oh, it's a tedious task. Hey, Oh, yeah, but I do think that if you can get lost in your own book like that, it, after after having read it, you know, 10,000 times yourself and you know exactly what's going to yes. happen, I, I think that you probably have a good chance of being successful among other readers. Thank you, so. Thank you very much. I mean, I, there was this one guy that said, oh, well, you only wrote one book. And I said, yeah, so did Margaret Mitchell. And he looked at me funny. I said, Margaret Mitchell wrote Gone with the Wind. That was her only book she wrote. <laughs> and look at Gone with the Wind now. Since 1939, everyone's still saying, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah. So Mar if Margaret yeah. Mitchell could do it, so can we. Well, I think it's because every, like the culture has changed with books. Like everybody, you know, with self-publishing, like I said, you can just click on something and boom, you got yeah. have a book. And a lot of these books are really short. They're not even really, they're not even book length. They're more like novellas or short stories mm. or whatever. Um, and so you can upload them very quickly. And I know that self-publish, if you're going to self-publish, uh, the, the best way to get noticed is to have a lot of content for people to read and you can have something called an anchor series where you it's just a series it's a series that you keep going off of whether it be you know five to seven books or whatever and that series is what draws in new readers and then as you write the series you can start writing standalone books or even do a new series that has you know not yeah. as many books as your anchor yes, series. Yes. that way you can have more stuff for them to read while they're there well author house i mean that's kind of hard. it is <laughs> yes i know i mean author house was very happy to hear that i've got other books in the line um because they just thought this mm -hmm. is going to be a one-time deal and but when i'm finished with the time travels of tristan and troy and the shadows price um yeah i don't know what i'm going to do after that but i'll cross that bridge when i get there yeah yeah um and and i mean obviously they would be excited because you know if you keep using them you know if you guys have a very good relationship yes. and you like what they did and your book does well or you know whatever and um you know you you might still want to stay with them and do more books with them that's more money for them it's more yes. money for you you know it's a it's a very good uh relationship and that's kind of why i mean that's kind of what i'm looking for in a publishing house as well is that you know brimstone is the first it's the first in a series it's a it's a trilogy so i mean there will be two yes. other books one of the second book's already written i just have to edit yes. that one which i'm <laughs> looking forward to right now 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 when you edit do you edit uh on the screen or do you print it out which is always a better method though i never know so so i so what i do it's very meticulous i'm an extremely organized oh. person so what i do is um i go through the whole book and i put each chapter individually into grammarly and i edit for punctuation and stuff okay. like that first 
or whatever. Just like small editing. I do reread the chapters, do some slight editing or whatever. And that's what I've done on most of my books so far. Like that has at least been done. And with Brimstone, since I'm planning on doing, you know, a lot more editing to it, what I did is I made a folder uh, for developmental mm -hmm. editing. And developmental editing is where you basically go through everything line by line. You try to make sure that everything is consistent. There's no loopholes. There's no like nothing, you know, yes. nothing's open, you know, um, everything is closed. You know? And um, so what I did was I copy and pasted every chapter individually. I think it's like 35 chapters long. And I put it in that folder for development, developmental editing. So what I did is I went through each chapter line by line. And then I used a new software program that I found called AutoCrit. Basically, it's short for author okay. critique. It's called AutoCrit.com. And you, I'm using the free version. I'm not paying for it because I already pay for the premium <laughs> on Grammarly. Um, and I actually really like AutoCrit. You might okay. look into it. Um, basically... It runs a summary report. Um, you can save your chapters and stuff in, in it too, you know, and revise them mm -hmm. and things like that. But I've been putting each chapter in individually. I run a summary report on there. It tells me, you know, where I have repeated words, where I'm using too many adverbs, where I'm using, uh, where it might be slow pacing in paragraphs and dialogue. It's actually really, really pretty intense, mm -hmm. I think. Um, it tells you, you know, what grade your book would be read in. Like, you know, um, a, a lot of, uh, I think in America, uh, it's like a fifth grade reading level over here. So okay. I guess as long as, as long as you're, you know, not too high above that, okay. you'll be fine. Um, but um, it tells you all that stuff. So then I go in, I look at my adverbs, my repeated words, try to Ace. change some things. Ace. And then I put it back into yeah. Grammarly, go back through punctuation mm -hmm. again after I've changed scenes and things. And then uh, I basically mark them as complete. I am on chapter. I just completed chapter 33 today. <laughs> Wow. So I had two more chapters to complete. And then what I'm doing is I'm doing multiples of five chapters and putting them in AutoCrit and Grammarly <laughs> again. Oh boy. And then after that, I think I think after that I'm just going to let yes. it be. Because you know, you can only go through and edit your own book so many times before it's like, yeah, this isn't gonna change much anymore. And at that point, I'll probably send it um send it off to some mm. publishing houses again. And it, they'll they'll do the copy editing at that point because I, I can't do it at the end of the day your worst <laughs> critic is yourself to be honest <laughs> you are your own worst critic exactly because it's never good enough for some exactly. reason you know so you always think oh you know uh, yes I don't know but it's really a tedious task <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you well when brimstone was <laughs> when when brimstone was first up on ink it i got a message on my wall from uh, uh an intern from gen mm -hmm. z publishing which is kind of like a high i think they're a hybrid uh publishing house too i submitted it to them like before it was like this in depth like kind of editing like the book was done but it wasn't like i'd only gone through like one round okay. of editing maybe two so when I sent it off, they sent me two very in-depth critiques on the manuscript. And I really appreciated that because, you know, they didn't yes, have to do that. Yes, yes. They didn't have to do that. And um, they basically told me that when I, that when I had, you know, fixed it or whatever to resubmit it. So that's what I'm going to do. I fixed a whole bunch of stuff or, and added some scenes and, and developed some characters a little bit more. So I'm hoping when I resubmit it this time that, you know, maybe <laughs> the course. Of course. Want to deal. You have to stay positive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm very excited for your book to come out. Um, I can't wait. Uh, do you know kind of a timeline? Do they give you timelines of when they want to get things out it for you? It looks like it's going to be uh, once it's submitted and phase two is over, you know, the nitty gritty contracts and all that is signed and that. Um, it will probably be, be about another six months. Yeah. Okay. It is That's actually. I was. That's pretty quick. Yeah. For, uh, I publishing. was quite taken aback by it because I was thinking, okay, next year sometime, but they said six. six sorry, sixty-nine months. Sorry, I stand corrected. No, I mean that's that's still pretty quick, especially when some of these traditional publishing publishing houses yeah, take two but, years. Yeah, but I don't think when they so. get that manuscript, they'll be like, oh, 
she wrote more chapters. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, they've already pretty much said that they want your book, so yeah. No, back out sure, now. definitely, yeah. <laughs> and it was they've been paid everything. Everything's been paid yeah. up front. So <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. Well, well, I can't wait for your book to come out. That's the silent witness for all you guys listening. And thank you so much, Kim, for being um, on the podcast and oh, being my first thank interview. Thank you so much. And sorry, and, and sorry to listeners, but uh, we'll we'll be editing a little bit on this interview just because of uh, the ticking sound that ha- occurred during Anchor's um, recording process. But I'll try to edit out as much of that as possible. But thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time and for sending me a message saying, would you like to be on my podcast? It was a real honor. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, Kim. It was really nice talking to you, too. It's pretty much like talking <laughs> to you. We are. We <laughs> are. So, yeah, we are. So, <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great day. And uh, to listeners out there, is there anything else you want to let them know about? Just one of these days when the silent witness also becomes a, a movie, I'm going to sign all your books for free. <laughs> Ooh, am I invited to the oh, movie screenings? You know, front row seats, <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm excited. You'll be uh, that would that would be amazing, isn't that? Every I think it is. To get their book on a movie I mean, screen. <laughs> people must stop being humble. People want to have their books like that. You know, it's a dream. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it was nice talking to you, and um, I hope to talk to you you again later. Okay, bye.